guys. Welcome to the A Lot of Thoughts podcast. Just Courtney here today. Um, It has been at least a month since I recorded the last uh, full-length episode that we had come out. Um, I don't know how long it's been, honestly, (laughs) and I'm going to do another. um, I'll probably record this in parts just um, because some things are hard to talk about and it's easier if I take it in little bites, if that makes sense. Um, so I, I will, I don't know. I'm, I have to go to work today, but I just, some mornings I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to do such and such. And this is one of those days where I feel like I can start, um, this episode. Um, it is August 2nd. So I had little Micah on June 1st. Um, so it's been two months and I can tell you that, I don't know, it's not every day is better. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it, but, um, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about makeup because especially where I'm at in this season, like this episode, by the way, is not going to be like the last episode. The last episode I, um, put like 20 warnings on (laughs) because, it was very much about um, the physical aspect of miscarriage. So you don't have to have listened to that or anything. This is just me kind of talking through um, some different things, some practical things. So um, if you have a friend who's going through this, what I suggest um, to help, um, of course, every woman is different. So what I, how I handle this is actually how I have handled this is totally different than most people. Um, because it got made public, I just leaned into that and have kind of used, um, I, I've used social media to already post some of the things that I'm thinking and, um, just some of the things that are happening to me in my mind and, um, with my faith, um, not bad. Like, that's not like I was like, deconstructing. No. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I guess my voice is still waking up. Um, no, uh, this has just made everything stronger. So let me clarify that first of all. Um, but it's, it it isn't, it isn't easy, obviously. Um, and I think more women go through this than you think. I've had people rate me that have been like, I've been through this and I'm like, what? you have? I didn't even know. And I don't think that it's a requirement that you share like I have, for sure. But since it was made public, I'm, I just am taking that as the opportunity to kind of talk through some things, um, especially because this just happened. And we're still, I mean, to just to put it honestly, yesterday, I cried really, really hard. <laughs> Um, I think it was yesterday. It might've been Saturday. Um, so it might've been two days, two days ago. Yeah. Um, it all starts to blur together, but, um, just because I'm still dealing with some of the random physical aspects, which are kind of leading to some anxiety. Um, and bless Paul's heart. He is, he has been, I don't, So I think I could have survived this with just me and God, but 
God has given me Paul for a reason. And um, he has held me and comforted me. And I, a lot of times, if you have ever had like real anxiety, and I say that because before this, I never really experienced real anxiety. Like I had worry, I think, and I still deal with worry sometimes, but not anxiety, not like uncontrollable, um, waking up in the middle of the night, um, because my mind is so racked with thoughts that I can't even sleep. Um, every time I went into the hospital, I would be shaking every time it was twice. Um, but I would be shaking and they would ask me, are you cold? And while yes, I would love a blanket, but I wasn't cold. It was literally anxiety, a physical, um, manifestation. Is that the right word? I don't know. Um, that was like the physical symptom of my inward anxiety. Um, so now I've experienced that. I, I had to take medicine just to sleep, um, during like the first three weeks, four weeks, um, because it was just every time I laid down, it was, I was weighed down so much. Um, and it still happens. So that's what happened. Um, and actually, just because this, like I said, this is not going to talk about the physical as much. Um, and actually, I don't even know. I don't, I have a few notes of like things and I want to give some recommendations of books and stuff, but um, I don't really have a plan for how this is all going to go. But um, I dealt with anxiety in those first few weeks. And then probably about a month ago, it swapped to depression and not that I was depressed, but I told a couple friends, I said, it's like, I know I have dealt with this since middle school. Um, of course, when I got saved, I was given a whole new way to handle it and to think about it. Um, and if you want to discuss that with me privately, I would gladly do that. But I think that's more of a private discussion. Um, but for me personally, I feel like depression, it's like I'm jumping off of a cliff into like a pit. So I guess not a cliff because that might be cool. I don't know. That doesn't sound like my cup of tea, but like, let's say like I'm on the edge of like a big, deep, dark hole and I'm approaching it. I'm tiptoeing, walking slowly towards it. And I know I'm getting close enough. And I know as soon as I get to that edge, that more than likely I will fall in and it'll be very difficult to get out. Um, And so I have felt myself, starting about a month ago, I felt myself kind of tiptoeing to that edge. And I was getting short with Paul, um, just feeling very, I, it, it shows in different ways. So I was still getting up, reading my Bible, still, I actually was exercising until this past week. I quit exercising. That is a huge sign that I am getting close, um, which is not good, by the way. Um, and I might would be exercising this morning, but I'm about to go work a shift at work and we don't sit down really. So that's my exercise. Um, but there are things like being Paul offering to let me go out and I don't want to go out. What I haven't been thrift shopping, but like a few times. That's, I know that's a weird thing, but I thrift 
all the time because we resell stuff online. And so it's like fun for me to go thrifting. And I just quit for three weeks. There was no reason. I just didn't go to thrift stores. Um, and I felt that weighing on me and I, I was fighting it the best way I know how I, I didn't feel like I needed to go and get medicine or anything. Like I, I, I knew what was going on. And I told Paul, I told a couple of my friends. Um, so they've been checking on me. Thank you. You guys know who you are. And I really appreciate it because there've been days where like you asking me how I am is what is, what pulls me away from it. Like, It just means the world. And not that you need to, if you're listening to this, not that you need to go to every single woman you know who's ever lost a baby and be like, how are you? Like, these are my really close friends. Um, And um, I just, I mean, you're more than welcome to ask how I am, but you don't, don't like stress if you're like, dang it, I haven't asked Courtney how she is and you don't even actually know me. Like, but those friends have really, really helped. Um... So let's see. So I personally have like my own, I, I'm, I'm still struggling. (laughs) I'm in the midst of that right now. Um, but can I say that what, what has helped me, um, one is that I have pushed through what I feel like doing to do what I need to do. So that means, I have pushed through the fact that I would rather stay in bed in the morning and just gotten up and started like with my Bible reading. Um, and actually the first thing that I want to drop when this type of thing happens is my dedicated prayer time. (laughs) I don't know why, but that's the first thing. And I don't know if it's because I know that if I pray, I'll get comfort. And I don't know if you've ever dealt with depression. I, I'm sure it manifests in different ways. Um, but it's almost like you want to wallow in it. And when you're a Christian dealing with it, like this is not the case for everybody. Please hear me out when I say that. But for me as a Christian, I know there's something wrong with me wallowing in how I feel. Um, and this is not, like I said, this is not like depression to the level that I need to go to therapy or anything. But, um, I, I, and I'm getting good counsel all around. And like I said, Paul, he listens to me all the time. He holds me. He, um, he checks on me all the time when I, I will write him literally when he's at work and I will say, I'm having a panic attack. I, last week that happened. Um, I was having a panic attack about something and he called me as soon as he could. And was just like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Do you need me to come home? And I like, that helps a lot. But for me, um, I first, I really start feeding myself with, um, good things. So my tendency is to now, okay. Now I have to admit, I've been watching through Gilmore girls, but like, I can't, I'm, I'm almost done guys. I'm in the year of the life part, like the what do you call that reunion series? Um, so I'm almost done, but I have been reading a lot more, pulling away from my screens. I deleted Facebook and Instagram off my phone so I can access them only on my iPad. Um, I have, um, I really started reading 30 minutes to an hour before bed and that has helped me sleep through the night. Um, I, 
have really worked to um, stick to my checklists for each day because uh, that helps me make sure I actually get things done. Um, I'm taking Paul John more places, just trying to say, okay, let's get out of the house today, but also having days where I do stay home and just get my stuff done that I need to get done. Um, and I also am playing, I'm trying to give him more playtime, like we'll play games in the middle of the day and stuff like that because I do work from home. So there's this idea that like, oh, I should be working all the time. But also the reason I work from home is because I have a toddler who absolutely loves board games. Um, and it makes my heart so happy to play with him. Um, so instead of saying, no, mommy has to work, I try to find the time in there to really, um, to really, uh, play with him and give him some time. I've also really worked through cleaning up, um, and decluttering some places. Um, so his room went from disaster to, okay, it's pretty okay right now. So, um, before I fall asleep, if I'm having anxiety start to come in, I'm memorizing Philippians. I have been for like a year and I'm almost done with chapter one. (laughs) So I literally just, practice it in my head. And usually the Lord is kind enough to use that to block my anxious thoughts. And that again is not for everyone. And I'm not saying that you like, that's the cure-all. So please hear me out when I say like, that's not, but for me, that's been really good. And, um, because I'm like, I don't know if there's a scale I'm like on the lighter end. I don't know how to put that. I, I have medicine if I want to take it for my anxiety, but I haven't felt like I needed to yet. Um, so that has been a huge help to me. Um, and just focusing on the fact that God has said he will give me peace and, um, that he is still working through this. There's this kind of thing where you hit a point where you're like, okay, I'm supposed to be done with grieving. I'm supposed to be done. I'm supposed to move on and be able to continue with my life. And, that's not true, y'all. It's not true. I, it's okay if on a random Tuesday morning I cry because I miss my child. Like, it's okay. And there's some part of me that thinks that I'm supposed to be done. And I know that's not true, but I know also that's adding to the weight that's on me. Um, so, oh, and the other thing, if you are like, really struggling with, there's a bad version of grieving, in my opinion, um, where it's, like I said, you're choosing to just wallow in the bad. Like you're, it's, it's almost like you can't get your eyes off of the bad to see the blessings of God. And I'm not saying that you should be like, whoopee, I'm going through this terrible thing. That's not it at all. But there's this idea that you can be so self-focused that you can't see anything else that's going on around you. And I don't think that that's a good way to grieve. Um, I think that's whenever you start putting your grief into possibly the wrong mediums because whatever makes you feel better is exactly what you're going to do. And so one of the things that I... Um, have been doing, we have had sickness running through our church like crazy. Um, And I have just been cooking nonstop for people. Well, not nonstop, like a couple times a week, I'm cooking for people and delivering food um, 
tomorrow I'm delivering lasagna to a teacher. I can't do it today. Today's the first day of school and I can't do it. Um, so I'm going to take it to her tomorrow and I'm supposed to be taking some soup down to Aunt or soup food to Anna. Um, I don't know that she might be tired of soup at this point. Um, I haven't confirmed what I'm taking to her, but, um, I am so grateful that God has given an opportunity. I think I was talking to my father-in-law one day. He was like, you're doing so much. And I was like, this is good for my heart. This is doing so much for me because I'm, I'm not, not grieving well. That's not it. It's not like I'm like, okay, get back to my checklist and my duties because I should be done with grieving. But by doing something for others is really, really helping me. (laughs) I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. Like, Finding a way to serve is really like lifting my spirits. I I don't, my spirit, spirit, spirit. I don't ever say that phrase. So um, we're going to, we're going to just keep trucking on. Um, So that has been a huge help for me. Um, So if you're really like struggling, find a way to serve. I think that that is a huge way um, to help, not to help move on, because that's, again, I'm still grieving, and I'm not saying that you should just paste a smile on and cook dinner for someone and you'll be okay, but I am saying that if you're struggling with wallowing in all of that, wallowing in a bad way, and if you're in it, you know what I'm talking about, you know, um, so there, like I said, I'm, I'm, I just want to make sure I'm, like, really, explaining how, I don't know, I don't want anyone to hear this and hear it the wrong way, that I think that you should just like get over your grief quick. That's not what I'm saying. But there are things that can help um, as you grieve well, that can help you. um, I have been doing a lot of, if I'm really, really struggling with my thoughts and everything is terrible. There have been times over the past few months where I've looked at Paul and I've said, everything sucks. Everything sucks. (laughs) And that is, that, that's how it feels. That's how it feels whenever you are so empty. That's how it feels. But the thing is, is that God has provided so much to be thankful and grateful for. And I'm not saying that I immediately said, everything sucks, but I took another breath, so it's okay. Usually I said everything sucks and then cried for an hour. (laughs) But sitting and purposefully saying, okay, what can I be grateful for? Lord, I'm so thankful that you saved me before this happened. Guys, if this had happened with Paul John, I have, it is the providence of God that it didn't, um, because I was not saved. And I don't know what would have happened. Um, I was much, I was, yeah, I w- that would have, he, he knew what he was doing. And so I've spent a lot of time saying, I'm thankful for the providence of God. Um, I think about a lot of the little things I, um, posted, you can see a post on my Instagram, um, and I posted on my Facebook that was kind of my eulogy of baby Micah. And um, I was just thinking about the fact that that child got more pizza 
than my son will ever have, my, um, than Paul John will ever have, (laughs) because that's all I could eat, um, I couldn't eat, like, any meat, but if it was on a Domino's pizza, and I'm talking Domino's, which is, like, not my favorite pizza, but for some reason, Paul would be like, do you want Papa John's? And I'd be like, no, Domino's. (laughs) Um, so that child got lots of pizza, and I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, oh, but I can think about those little things and just think, these were such good days, and my sorrow now does nothing nothing to take away from the joy of that time with Micah. So, I don't know, there's this tendency after something like this happens, which I held baby Micah, if you didn't listen to the last podcast, um, I got to hold baby Micah. Um, I mean, we're talking, like, I am so pro-life. I was already pro-life, but I'm more (laughs) pro-life. I don't know how to describe that because I held my child and I saw this little, probably nine week old, I don't know, I held my nine week old baby in my in the palm of my hand and saw his arms and his eyes, his little head. And you can't tell me that that was not a fully formed baby. I don't know, fully formed, I guess, like, still had more growing, but that was a full baby, and I'm, like I said, more pro-life. Jeez, I was trying to do stuff this morning that I wouldn't cry, because I gotta go to work, but that's fine. Um, so, um, you, I don't know, there's this tendency, though, to think that, I don't know, there, there was one time, um, I was at my church small group, and still very in, I think this was in the, within like right after I came off of bed rest and I came back um, maybe a couple weeks after I got off bed rest. So I was still really, really in the thick of it um, physically and emotionally. And someone said a comment about like, wait, so you have two children? And I don't know why it hit me. I was like, I that's what I, I said. Oh, uh, we were talking about brain cells and how you actually lose brain cells when you have kids and you don't get all of them back. Um, and I said, I don't know what Micah did, but he took something from me. <laughs> and it was just like inserting my child into the conversation felt so good that like I can talk about Micah and he's real. Um, he's not some figment of my imagination. And I have those moments in my head that I can go back to whenever I told people, oh, I'm going to have another baby. And they got so excited. And that's that's what I was saying is that my grief, my sorrow doesn't do do anything to take away from those moments that I'm so grateful for, that I'm so grateful that God gave us those little times that um, he, that I can look back on. Um, I can look back on and think, I took one belly picture. My my mom asked me if I wanted to take any more before um before I actually had the miscarriage and I I couldn't in that moment. I couldn't. But um I have that one and just I woke up that day and I put on a shirt and I was like, "Oh my goodness." And I went up to Paul and it took weeks for me to stop poking my belly because if if you've been pregnant, you know that it goes from like, you can tell it's fat 
to like, you touch it and it's hard and you're like, oh, that's a baby. And I was used to walking around the house, poking my belly going, oh, it's a baby. Um, and so it took weeks for me, but like just being able to look and be like, oh, I'm going to wear maternity clothes and, um, how special that was. Um, <laughs> I just am laughing cause I, I'm thinking about, um, Paul's grandma, um, she guessed, she guessed that I was pregnant and I walked in to the house. They were visiting and she said, do you have something to tell me? And I was like, what? And she like looked at me and I was like, what? (laughs) And she just guessed. And I think about those little things that, um, and by the way, she didn't, she guessed because she saw, she said she saw my face on our church live stream and she just knew. And I'm like, that's grandma's intuition. Um, but like (laughs) we have so many special memories, even though only me and Paul John or Paul, not Paul John, um, got to see the baby. Um, we have so many special memories and I'm so grateful. God is so good. Um, that even amidst the pain, and guys, I'm still so, I feel, I'm still hurting so bad. And it sucks sometimes, but I can still see the good. Guys, let me tell you this. I didn't believe in trigger warnings. <laughs> no, I did. There were certain things that like, I was like, I will probably never have a reason to like say trigger warning. I don't know. Like, there's, I, I, most of the time I see that and I'm like, why'd you even write that? Like, what is this a trigger warning about? Well, now I understand, um, because I will be walking through the store and see, um, someone that's pregnant and I'm like, I should be about that size. And like, it messes me up for like the rest of the day. Or I'll see Paul John, he loves babies and I'll watch him too closely. Like I have to take my eyes away and not watch him too closely with a baby because he loves babies so much. And like, if I watch too long, it messes me up for the rest of the day. Um, so yeah, so there are things I have a friend who found out she was pregnant and, um, told me very privately and, um, Actually, she told me through tears, and I was like, I'm so happy for you. And there's that's one of the weird things is like, I'm not in that camp that's like, all these women should stop posting that they're pregnant because what about me? Because I want to be, you know, that type of thing. That's, I don't believe in that. Um, but at the same time, um, if you're struggling with that, just like delete Facebook. That's like the biggest way um, to handle that. Um, but. I, if you, if you are asking that question, like, what do I do? Um, don't tell your friend in front of everybody and better yet, tell your friend like over the phone, just like let, because here's the thing. If you, if like Anna, she's not pregnant, but say she walked up to me and we're at lunch, having lunch with all the family. And she says, guess what? I'm having a baby. Wait, I'd like to clarify. I don't know. She she could be pregnant, but I highly doubt it. Um, is that weird for you to say? But like, because she just had a baby. So um, she comes up to me and she says, we're pregnant. 
I will not be able to hide my face. It will go from, oh, I'm so happy for you. And then suddenly I can guarantee because I've been told that people were pregnant over the phone, my face will drop and I can keep the the excitement in my voice, but my face is very different. And so putting that pressure on someone is just like, it's better for you to just like call them up. Um, you can still have that special moment and you might even have a friend who needs to be told via text. I don't know. Um, for me, I would rather be told by myself. And even if like, like if Anna pulled me to the side and said, Hey, I want to tell you something and told me in person that way. But like the idea of having that pressure in front of everybody to be like jumping off the wall, like it's weird because I've said like, I'm so happy for people like my sister's pregnant she is due at the end of middle october i can't keep up with dates y'all um middle october i just asked her i feel like she said like the 14th or something and there have been moments where i've had to walk away when she's talking about something um she has uh she lost little addison renee um before my other niece was born um and so she she understands so Um, and she doesn't talk to me about those things. It's just like me overhearing conversations and I have to like cut myself off of that. Um, but I've said like, I'm so excited because this baby who I don't know whether they're announcing the name or not. So I'm just going to say this little baby girl, I will get to hold before the end of the year. And to me, that is just like a blessing from the Lord that, I have felt that my arms are so empty. They're just so empty. Um, And I'm going to get to hold my little, my new little niece before the end of the year and thank the Lord because I'm so excited to hold that baby. Um, It means a lot to me. It's a big comfort to me. Um, So, but there's like this bitter side of anyone right now that I see and like, That's the thing. A lot of what I do is fight off bitter thoughts. Um, So if Paul John sees, if Paul John is playing with a baby and just loving it, because he, I'm serious, he loves babies. He, he will sit there and play with the baby for a long time, just like touching the baby's feet and talking to it and looking at it and big smile. Um, And then I look at that baby and that baby has siblings. And then suddenly it turns into why don't I get that? And I don't think there's anything wrong with praying these things to God and just saying, Lord, I desire this. I desire this so bad, Lord. But as soon as you let those desires become an idol and you think, my family's not complete until I have this, that's where it can be sinful. It can be bitterness and Bitterness is not something that we're supposed to have. So I don't know. I just think we all have to be really careful um, with how we let our feelings be. Like it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel confused and to take these things to God. But as soon as you let that dictate everything, it becomes a, a tiny G, God, to you. So if having another child becomes a tiny G, God, to me, that's sin. 
that's not grieving well. That is sin. Um, so I have to do a lot of, like, I do a lot of praying and just asking the Lord to, um, help me fight off those thoughts. So, geez, I've been talking for 30 minutes. Um, sorry, I'm trying to bring up some notes before I, um, end this part. I will probably come back because I kind of want to discuss, I got to get my recommendations together of books and such, and I haven't read all the books that I have, um, but, um, I just want to do a little practical thing. So you've got a friend who's going through miscarriage. I see this question pop up all the time now of what should I do? Um, so these are the things that have meant a lot. So first of all, the obvious one is food. Um, she is not going to want to cook. Um, and actually let me clarify. She might want to cook until she can't. Um, so for me, those, after we found out, we found out on Monday and it didn't start until Thursday, I want to say. Um, and in those days I wanted to cook. I wanted to be on my feet doing something. It was helping me. I didn't have Paul John at that point. He had gone off with my parents. And so for me, I didn't want to go anywhere because, um, based on different stories, you don't know how fast everything's going to progress. So if I had gone like to a store and then, like, it started, and I couldn't even get home, like, how bad would that suck? So, I just stayed home. Um, I went on a lot of walks, um, I cooked, I cleaned, um, I did a lot of major cleaning, because I knew I was just not going to want to later, um, and actually, I underestimated how much this would take out of me. Um, just to give you an idea, um, when this happens, uh, depending on where, in the timeline the woman is. So like say she miscarries at four weeks. It could be like not that bad. Not physically. Let me say physically. That's going to be the best way to put it. Um, So meaning like I miscarried at we the baby was measuring like nine weeks. So that was pretty far along. Like I held my baby in my hands. Um, So for me, I was on bed rest. I put myself on bed rest because my doctor was terrible. Um, so I ended up in bed for a while, but also it was, um, it was funny because I ended up having to change my diet for a little bit there. So if you're like, ask, please just ask. Like I, um, I had someone ask me like, would I rather have food or a gift card. And I told them at that point, I wanted a gift card because I was not feeling good. And so for me, if I had been given food, I probably couldn't have eaten it. But the gift card, I was able to say, hey, Paul, can you go get this? Because this is something that I can and want to eat. Um, but that wasn't the whole time. There was also like, um, there, I remember my first real meal was um, someone that we're hoping to have on the podcast. She sent us Mexican food by, from DoorDash, and it was so good. Um, like, I ate so much of it, I, like, made myself sick. Um, but that was very good. We got gift cards so that we could order our own food. Um, so just honestly just ask and say, like, are you up to a meal? And 
I don't know, that's just, for me, that was such a big deal. Like someone asked if they wanted it frozen. Um, and I was very grateful because I could say, yes, please, please, because I can't eat it right now. Um, and just being honest, like I literally could not eat. Um, I lost a lot of weight. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so imagine it's just kind of like if a woman gives birth, like just asking like, do you want this? Do you want, like, be prepared to ask. And if you're able to give options, give options. Um, yeah, so definitely food was a big help. Um, cause I did not cook. I don't think I cooked for like three weeks. I actually had like a water jug in our bedroom. We moved the TV back to our bedroom, um, because it was literally barely able to walk. And when I would walk, it hurt so bad <laughs> that, um, it would hurt me worse. And just, it, it was literally just like giving birth. So if you've ever wondered, um, for me at nine weeks, that's what it was like. Um, so, so give, check, cook food or give a gift certificate. Um, another thing that you can do is give something in memory of the baby. So my sister, uh, she sent us a box from this place called Hannah's Hope, and I love it. It, um, I still have the box. Like, I'm planning to put away, I'm gonna make a little box of things, um, just to do with Micah, and I just, I am not ready to do that yet. So it's all sitting in our room so that I can look at it every so often. It came with books, um, forget-me-not seeds, uh, an ornament, which that was very special, So, um, just so you know, like that was so special to me and I'm really excited to put the ornament on our tree because if you're wondering, our baby was due according to me because we found out that we lost Micah on the first visit. So we really didn't get like a, an adjusted, they told us, but because for that amount of time, I had my own due date. I have just decided to stick to my own due date because I can't change. I don't even know what they told me now. I feel like it was like a week or so before, um, December 18th. So Christmas is going to be hard for me this year, but, um, I'm just so excited because I'm going to have an ornament to put on my tree for my little baby. Um, so that was very meaningful. Um, and that box had other things in it. It has a little, um, lamb. They donate a Gideon Bible, which, um, it's really special because my brother-in-law is a Gideon, so, um, and they sent us the box, so, um, uh, I also, if you have, this was one of the things that hit me, like, within, like, a week or two, was that there were certain things that all the babies get that my baby wouldn't necessarily get, so two things for me popped up. There is a lady at our church who crochets a little ball for every baby, um, and gives it at the, uh, baby shower, and so it hit me, Micah's never gonna get one, so I wrote her really quick, and I said, hey, could you just make this, and she said yes, um, most people will say yes, so if there's something that you're really wanting, the other thing is I asked my mother-in-law to make, like, some sort of quilt or something, because she makes a quilt for all the babies, um, so, um, she's gonna make that at some point, um, Okay, so let's see. Those were the... Oh, and the one last thing that I got that meant a lot to me. I had my friend um, from the Stamped Jewel. I've shared on Instagram about them before. Um, 
she made me a necklace and she made Paul a keychain. And so I wear this necklace all the time. Actually, my two, two, yeah, my two favorite necklaces are ones that she gave to me or she didn't give, like she gave me the one about Micah, the other one I bought. It was my, um, Psalm 119, 103, I believe it is. Um, it's really cute. Anyway, it's besides the point. Um, so she gave us that and that meant so much. Um, and I also have like, if you've ever heard of origami owl, so like the locket necklaces, I got one for mother's day because I knew I was pregnant at that point. And I told Paul that I really wanted one so that I could have a necklace where I could add, um, children in like, and I actually didn't the week before we found out, um, I didn't wear the necklace because I was like, if someone asked me about this, it's kind of weird because I put like one little gemstone in it for Paul John. And I just feel like it's weird for me to wear a necklace with one little gemstone. So I was waiting till the next week. I was going to wear it on the Sunday that we um, announced. And yeah, so I have a little gem in there for Paul John. And then I have a tiny, tiny one that my mom gave me that's a little bit different um, for Micah. And that way, I pretty much every day I wear that or the other Micah necklace. Um, I'm so sorry, Brandy, who made the necklace. I don't wear my um, my Psalm necklace as much because I love the other one so much. Um, but I love the Psalm necklace. So, um, yeah. Anyway. So that's something else that was really nice. And if you are, if you have a friend who is going through this, um, I can connect you to Brandy if you want something like that. It's, it has a little heart with Micah's name on it. And then it has a little, um, resin circle thing with a forget me not seed in it. So it's really, really cute. Um, oh, and I know someone else who has rings, um, because she's lost multiple babies. She has rings for the babies. And they're stacked rings. They're really cute with the um, birthstone in it. So really, really cute. Uh, Okay, let's see what else you can do for friends. Um, So checking in is a big one. Um, You don't, in in the beginning of the process, if you are the type that you are close of, (coughs) oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I don't even know where my water is. Okay, I'm recording on my phone so I can get up and get my water. Um, I didn't mean to talk for this long, honestly, y'all. Um, if you're close enough to this friend that you're willing to, like, check in on them every day during the actual process and just see what they need. Actually, some people might want to be left alone, so let me clarify that. That, again, this is what I wanted. I had, like, I mean... I probably had like five or six people at a time that were checking in on me and willing to listen to all the details. Um, Brandy, who made me the necklace, she dealt with a couple of my panic attacks and like talked me through like there were two times I went to the hospital. um, But the second time I was just going in to get a shot and then I ended up in the ER. Um, But (laughs) there was one night where I was having panic attacks Paul doesn't know what to do, and Brandy, bless her heart, she, and I only, I'm trying not to say names, because I feel like that's weird, but um, she literally, but she made the necklace for me, that's why I'm using her name, she talked me through it, um, 
and talked me down from like a ledge because I was I was pretty freaked out like was about to head to the ER and she was like Courtney she didn't say it this way you're overreacting (laughs) she did not say it that way she was much kinder in how she said it but um she was so sweet to walk me through that but I still have like I said I still have friends checking in on me two months after just saying like how are you um and I really appreciate that. I really do. Like, and just, I know one of the biggest things, my mom and I went to some stores one day and she just started talking to me about everything. And for me, again, every woman is different, but for me, talking is therapy. Um, that's what these episodes are. They're like, me just getting all my, bleh, I'm like vomiting words because that it does something for me. Um, it helps me process. And um, so my mom just let me talk and I appreciated that. Anna came over, uh, I don't know, within a couple weeks of it happening and just, she didn't have much time either. And she just sat on the couch and let me just talk. And I had already told her half the stuff. So she was like literally just rehearing about Micah's birth and just let me talk. And for me, that just, that meant a lot to me. Um, And I have one other friend who I send voice messages to and she has heard every little last detail of this (laughs) over and over again. And um, she has just listened even over that medium. Um, So I'm really, really grateful for all these people Um, and especially my family who, um, just, like I said, have checked up on me and, um, I don't know. It just, it means a lot to me, um, to know that even two months after I have people who are thinking, wow, Courtney is still in pain and it's not like, okay, she's back to wearing normal clothes and back to doing all of her normal stuff, but she's still hurting. And thank you. Like, if you're one of those people, thank you. Um, I'm not even joking when I say that um, you all help me so much. And of course, Paul gets the most of it. I would say gets because if you lived with me, you would understand. I talk nonstop, pretty much all the time. (laughs) So um, I will just talk and talk and talk and talk and he listens. So, uh, and so check in even after and alongside that, ask for a due date. Ask for the day that they want to be remembered the most. So for me, December 18th is a huge day for us. Um, and I am sure I will just want to stay in bed that day. And that's okay. That's okay because that day is going to be hard. Um, but ask for that day, write it down, and come back and check on um, your friend. Okay, the next one is um, helping with kids if the woman has other kids, like offer to help. So um, again, I said I was going to go kind of into the emotional end of this. I remember... Um, Paul John was gone for two weeks. That's the longest he's been away from us. And I remember Paul wanted him back. Um, But he was starting to go back to work. Um, He took like a week off to be with me because I was like, I had, 
I don't know. I just needed him there, and he did that. But um, I remember him saying he wanted him back, and I remember just crying because I said, I'm supposed to have a baby. And for some reason, it was like this thing in my mind that I had just had this baby, and all of a sudden, all I can do is lay around because I'm not physically healed yet. So I'm laying in bed, and if you added in a toddler to that, my first thought was, I'm not going to be able to take care of him. I'm not going to have a baby to blame it on. Because, you know, like, if you're in the newborn stage, like, if you're having to stick your toddler in front of the TV, like, it's okay. It's okay because you have a newborn baby. Like, do what you need to do to survive that stage, and you'll move forward as soon as you can. Well, I didn't have a newborn baby. And for some reason, that stuck in my mind. And I was like, I can't take care of my son. I can't take care of me. And I have no baby to take care of. So what the heck is wrong with me? And I know that's really bad logic. But you don't have a lot of logic when you're going through something like this. So um, so my mom watching Paul John for two weeks... And then whenever he came back, he went to my in-laws a lot. Um, And that meant so much because, I don't know, I wanted him there. I wanted him home. But every time I looked at him, I thought, why am I not taking care of him? Why am I not cooking for him? Why am I not playing games with him? I couldn't even get on the floor to change his diaper. Um, His diaper, he's in pull-ups. And he's almost potty trained. So let's clarify. It was like... When he woke up in the morning and <clears throat> he would have a dirty diaper, I could not do my normal, okay, sit down on the floor cross-legged. Okay, by the way, if you know me in person, you might know this, or you might not, because you don't see me sit on the floor a lot. I love sitting on the floor, and I love sitting cross-legged. It's my favorite way to sit, and I literally couldn't get on the floor to sit with him and play with him, um, and that just, like, hurt my feelings, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Just hurt my feelings. So asking what you can do to help, whether that's taking um, the child for the day or coming over and playing, um, because I felt like he, I felt like I wasn't doing what I needed to do as a mom, which was just adding to how I already felt. And if you can't, like, if you're going through this and you're like, why well, have no one to watch my kid? That's fine. God will give you the grace to do what you need to do. You do not need to get rid of your kid to to be able to go through this. Um, But if you're listening to this and you're like, how can I help my friend and you live down the road, please just offer to let him come over and play even for like an hour. Just um, it is it's a huge help. Um, And the last thing that I would say is if you're close enough to the person, offer to go and clean up, um, especially if she is kind of stuck in bed healing for a while. Um, I just couldn't clean. My mom came in and cleaned up a lot. Paul was doing his best, but he was taking care of me and trying to get back to work and actually swapping to a new job at the same time. I'm not even joking. He was supposed to start that job um, a week after we found out about Micah. So, and that was like the week whenever I needed him the most. Well, I mean, I needed him like Friday and Saturday the most probably. But then that week I really needed him and he just stayed home with me. Um, And he, so for me, like, I'm not saying that he couldn't clean up, but he was taking care of me um, and he was doing so much. Um, 
I mean, even like making sure that laundry got done. He was doing that. Um, I literally couldn't cook my own food. I would um, barely hobble to the kitchen, barely get something um, like a frozen meal cooked. And then I would leave my dishes on the bed and he would come clean them up every night. So yeah, so he, he did so much. So when my mom came in, it was like the little things that like weren't a big deal, but at the same time made me feel good whenever I couldn't do it. Um, and the other thing my mom did was she came that first night, um, her and my dad came and I had told her that I, um, one of my hardest, one of the things I was struggling with the most, I, we had been wanting to be pregnant for a little while. So I had bought some baby clothes, like I bought like Star Wars rompers that were really cute. They were really, really cute. I think they were like Gap brands. They were really nice too. And I got them at the thrift store and I had bought the first, the only thing I had bought since I found out I was pregnant was a pair of little overalls because I love overalls on kids. They're so cute. Um, so I bought a pair of overalls for the baby. And so when I came home, we came home after finding out, I, um, Paul had to go take, we had a babysitter that day. Paul had to take her home and he took Paul John and left me alone. And I just went and sat and stared at the overalls. Like I sat on the floor and just cried and stared at the overalls. So one of the first things that I wanted was everything, pregnancy and baby to just be gone. Like not gone, gone, (laughs) because I am praying that the Lord will bless us again. But I didn't want to be, I didn't want to see the little overalls that I bought for baby Micah. And I didn't want to see my maternity clothes that I had just pulled down out of the top of my closet and I had set them down so I could take stuff out of my closet and replace it with maternity. So I didn't want any of that in my face. Um, I had, it was a, it was kind of a joke. With Paul John, I knew nothing about pregnancy and I knew nothing about like, I was not a very healthy pregnant person, which is kind of funny because um, if you listen to the previous episode, I discuss how my doctor, right before we found out that there was no heartbeat, told me that I might be taking a toxic amount of vitamin A and that she needed to check on that. Yeah. So if you're like, was that rude? Yes, that was rude because then she checks and can't find the heartbeat. So all of a sudden I've got that weight of, did I kill my baby? But I was being extra healthy. (laughs) So with baby Micah, I had bought a book from work. I had bought like one of the pregnancy books. Um, so I could kind of read up every week and I was very excited to actually know how babies work. Um, and how like birth and labor, like I didn't understand any of that. Um, and just trying to take care of myself and um, just do a little bit, quote unquote, better, um, which was also kind of funny because there I have a text message that I saved. Um, I screenshot it a couple weeks ago. Actually, it was probably last week whenever I went back through and looked and screenshot it of me telling Paul that I wanted like pizza or that I was going to get pizza or was going to get Chinese or something. And he was like, I thought you were going to be different this pregnancy. Just joking with me <laughs> because that's yeah so um so all that to say I told my mom I really need a Rubbermaid for all this stuff um because I do want it like I had a lot of really cute maternity stuff I had bought um and I just swapped to maternity the week before 
Um, which also kind of stunk because I couldn't wear, I didn't want to wear maternity after I found out. Like, that was it. But I couldn't wear my jeans. Or I couldn't wear my shorts. You know, I was stuck with wearing whatever I had in my closet. So if you're, like, if you're close enough to the person, make sure they have the clothes that they want. So for me, I wore, like, some little athletic shorts. Little athletic shorts. Why did I say it that way? I wore some of my athletic shorts. Um, and that's what I wore for a while. Um, it's kind of like after you have a baby and, um, you wear maternity pants for a little while, except you don't want to wear maternity pants because all of a sudden that's just like added weight. So make sure they have clothes. And actually someone from church, um, they were so sweet. They came probably Wednesday of that week. I want to say that night. I might be wrong. Um, And she actually stood and just listened to me talk at the door. Like, I didn't even invite her in because I was, I had taken my strong anxiety medicine, I think. Or no, we had colds. We had colds, y'all, that week. So on top of all this, I'm sick. And um, we, I took NyQuil that night because I don't take NyQuil. And I was so scared to take it because I was like, what if this starts the middle of the night and I've taken NyQuil and I'm half out of my mind? So she came in at the door and I told her that I took NyQuil and then we proceeded to talk for like an hour. But um, she brought over a bag of like, um, she gave us a gift card, but then also like a bag of like pampering stuff. And she gave me pajamas, which still means the world. Uh, If you ever listen to this, I still wear those pajamas, like, all the time, because I have no matching pajamas, and literally, like, the week before all this happened, I had told Paul that I wanted to go and invest in some matching pajamas, because I'm, like, a t-shirt and shorts type of girl, um, so, so, um, that was very, very sweet, and I loved that, um, and like I said, I still wear them, um, I don't know why I was saying that, uh, I haven't, oh, because, make sure that they have stuff that they want to wear because if you have to go to like the doctor you can't like pajamas are not gonna well I mean you can wear pajamas to the doctor I don't care because all of a sudden by the way you're going to a waiting room I I understand space I understand all of this but it feels kind of weird that they ask you to come back after you've lost your baby and sit in a room filled with pregnant women um just feels kind of weird, and then they sent me out after, um, after they told us that they couldn't find the heartbeat. They sent me back out to the waiting room, and I'm, like, crying, waiting to find out if I'm going to be able to go to the hospital for confirmation, and I'm, like, crying in the waiting room, surrounded by pregnant women. Like, that sucks, y'all. That sucks. Um, I just, I still can't, like, I don't know. Do, I don't even know how you how you'd handle that. But like it's almost like can you just like put me in an office to just sit by myself? I don't know. I don't blame them for that because I know like spacing wise they probably don't have anywhere, but at the same time I'm like this should be a thing. Like you shouldn't send the woman who just lost her baby or just found out that she lost her baby out into the waiting room. Like you shouldn't. Okay, anyway. Um so I was able to wear like my gym shorts because, you know, you have to go to the doctor and when I went to the hospital both times, that's what I wore. Um, so make sure that if she's not that type of girl, if she needs some shorts, you go get them for her. Cause she don't want to walk around Walmart. Um, but um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else practical because I want to come back and I want to give some recommendations. And if you can hear a noise, I'm trying to bring up my notes. Um, okay. Yeah. And I said, put things away that are painful. Um, Paul did that. He put the things away, but my mom brought the Rubbermaid and it's in the corner of our office with all of the baby stuff that I've kept and all of my clothes that don't fit, um, that are not maternity, but I just am avoiding cleaning out my closet. Um, So all of that is over there so that we're praying that the Lord blesses us again and I'll be able to pull it back out. But I still don't want to really like look at my cute pregnancy stuff. So, um, so yeah, those are some practical things that you can do. Um, And hopefully that gives you, if you've not dealt with this, um, a little bit of insight into what happens, um, a little bit of insight into Um, where your brain is going, because I would have never thought of the fact that, like, I don't know, you, you just don't think about this stuff unless you go through it. And now I sit and I think about, like, my sister losing Addison, and I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I remember crying, but, like, I don't think I did. I don't know what I did. I might have done something. Christina, if you listen to this and you want to let me know what I did, but I don't remember doing anything, especially nothing like this. And so um, for me, just being able to share, I hope that's helpful. I will be back at a later point, maybe tomorrow morning. I'll get that done um, with some recommendations. And I just want to kind of talk a little bit about um, the Lord has taught me so much through this. And I think about like, where it says that he's a refuge and he is, he is a refuge. And, um, I, I know this is mid episode. I understand. I am not closing out the episode and I might say this again tomorrow. Um, I will tag when I post about this episode, I will be tagging like, you know, hashtag miscarriage and stuff like that. So I can't, go without saying that um, the biggest thing for me is the fact that I know, um, one, I know where my baby is, and I'm going to explain why I know um, later in the episode, but I know where my baby is, and I, I know who has my baby, and I don't have to worry about that, and I also know that the biggest comfort that I have had during this time is the comfort of looking to Christ, looking to the cross and seeing what Christ did for me. And you know what's funny? You don't realize what hits you till it hits you. Like the fact that like Jesus died on the cross, that he came in human form and died for my sins and that God the Father sent him. And I think I have lost a child now and I just... It's not hopeless. Christ humbly went to the cross for you. And he, what greater comfort, what greater comfort than to know that you can one day hold your baby again. And no, that's not the reason. Um, That's not, that's not, that's not the, the biggest, best thing about what is to come. But my goodness, what hope it brings me. Like, I, I, I sound like I'm, like, fancy. What hope it brings me. But seriously, like, that has been what I have held on to. The fact that my child has not 
struggled with sin. What a glorious thought. (laughs) What? I just, guys, I have dealt with sin my whole life. I have dealt with it my own. I have dealt with it in terms of, um, sorry, I just saw something that needed to be moved and I had to move it. Um, I've dealt with it in terms of other people sinning and it impacting me. And my child will never, ever have to deal with that. That's the only thing that got me through. It's the only thing that I've been able to hold on to is knowing that God is so, so good. And he's so good that I can be on the other side of the cross in regards to like the timeline of history. And I can just look to Christ. And that doesn't mean that it's all hunky-dory peachy. But it means that I have a hope that I, it says, um, I, I've been thinking about like grieving with hope and how I do that. And that is like, you know, what's funny is I, it's like when you lose a child like this, that you've never met and there's this element of, I never got to see like would my child have had brown eyes or blue eyes? I mean, I'm sure that in biology they can tell you the guess um, because my husband has blue eyes and I have brown, so it'd probably be brown. But, you know, I never got to... um, I never got to hear my baby laugh. All of these little things that I can sit and I can think, I never, I never, I never, I never, but guys, my child has never had to deal with sin. Never! And before all this happened, that's, that was one of the things that I meditated on a lot. That one day, one day, I would be freed completely from the chains of sin. I would no longer live in a sinless world. And I would be able to glorify God more than I had ever before. Like, there's like a limit to what I can do right now because of being on this earth. And praise the Lord, my child has never had to deal with that. Um, And that doesn't mean that, like, I don't want to have another kid. I don't think that that's the road I should go down either. And thinking, like, well, I don't want to bring a child into this world. That's not what I'm saying at all. But there is kindness in that fact that um, my child won't have to deal with that. So, anyway, that that is it for this section. I will be back, and if I repeat something, just know, it's just me therapeutically talking. Wow, my goodness, I've already talked for an hour. So hopefully the next little section will be shorter, but um, I will definitely be back with recommendations. I say I'm going to be back. See, I say I'm going to be back, and then in like two seconds, you're going to hear exactly what I'm going to say, but that's fine. It's fine. I just want to get all of this into one episode, so it'll be another long episode, Um, but I don't even have to give sign-off things. My goodness, this is weird. I think most podcasters, if they do something like this, they make it like seamless so you can't tell. But I'm just leaning in the opposite way. So anyway, um, I will be back. But I mean, you can stay here and I'll see you and or see you, talk to you in just a second. 
Well, I am back after, like, it's been, like, over 24 hours since I recorded what was two seconds ago, so I feel like I shouldn't say I was back. Anyway, um, so I wanted to share a few resources with you guys. Um, if you have someone that you know who's going through this, um, there were several books that I really, really enjoyed. Um, so first I actually want to recommend just Elizabeth Elliot. <laughs> I feel like the, just a blanket recommendation. No, really suffering is never for nothing is one of the best books that I've read in a long time. Um, so good. I just bought it for my grandma for her birthday cause it was that good. Um, and I also, um, after we found out I was still physically up and running and, you know, waiting for things to happen. So I took a lot of walks. And so I would just listen to her um, teachings on like they have like the Elizabeth Elliot podcast. And I would just listen to that because if anyone knows about suffering, I feel like it's Elizabeth Elliot. And um, so I really, really enjoyed suffering is never for nothing. Um, the next one that I want to suggest is really just um, one of the things that I did not have a clear understanding on. And actually, if you don't have a clear understanding on this and you um, want to, I highly recommend this book for anyone, even if you're not going through um, this type of loss, is Safe in the Arms of God by John MacArthur. And I actually had seen it the week before at work. And I saw two copies and I was like, oh, that's good to know that that book exists and then I was like, I'll just keep that in mind. And then lo and behold, um, it was so funny. I wrote the store the day we found out that we lost Micah. And just, I mean, at that point, I had told um, basically my two manager people. One of them is my manager, and one of them I just call my manager. So I don't know what to call her. So I, that's why I stumbled over that. So, um I told them because, uh, actually one of them knew I was pregnant and the other did not. And I mean, of course I was just like, I was not going to be around. <laughs> I was just not. So I had to tell them and had to make sure, um, the, there were like three other people who knew that I worked with. Um, and one of my coworkers, she is, um, it, <sighs> I don't want to get in trouble, but she's my current favorite coworker. So if you're my coworker, it's, it's not you. It's just, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, um, she found out. So, um, she found out through my manager and, um, I had written in and just said, I wanted safe in the arms of God and suffering is never for nothing. And I sent some other ones which we didn't end up having. We just had those two. And I sent Paul to go pick them up because I couldn't even like, I didn't want to leave the house at that point. Um, so I sent him to pick him up and she paid for them and sent like a little note. And, um, that was just precious to me because it wasn't like she came over. She, it wasn't, she didn't like cook a meal or anything, but like just buying me those two books meant the world to me. And, um, these two have been like seriously so meaningful to me. Um, so I mean, you might want to find out if the person is a, a reader, but for me, um, that meant a lot. So safe in the, safe in the arms of God talks about like 
um, the death of children and do they end up in heaven? That's the big question because I was not set on that. I didn't know what to think because, I mean, we're all, we're all like born with sin nature and they don't have the opportunity that you do like, I mean, it just, to me, it just was one of those things where I'm like, what do I believe? And I didn't know. And so whenever we found out about Micah, like in my heart of hearts, for a lack of a better way to say it, I was very convinced, um, of where Micah was. But on the other hand, I had no scriptural basis for that. So it was kind of scary to think, oh, I think my child's in heaven, but I don't know. And so this book just sets it very straightforward. Um, I have suggested this to a couple people who are not um, into like reformed theology and all of that. And I've said the same thing to those people. I'm like, it does have a touch of that, but it doesn't matter who you are. It's good anyway. Um, now I have to say this was the only one that I specifically read that was specifically about like losing a child. Um, I did get a few other books, but I just haven't Okay, so I either haven't read them or I haven't read enough to fully recommend yet. Um, So there was a book in, uh, oh, what's it called? There's a devotional that I wanted and then it happened to be in that Hannah's Hope box that I mentioned. Um, And I just, I'm still working through because when you've gone through something like this and you're still so close to like the physical end of it, it's almost like if I try to handle the emotional end of it with a book, like it'll just take me back to the physical end of it and then I'll be in like a pit of anxiety again. So I'm just choosing right now not to read anything like that, but I'm, I know I will eventually. Um, and I've, I bought another book the other day about miscarriage and I actually, um, as I was looking through it, I was just looking to see what it was like on the inside so I could see if it was, um, I think it actually had a little bit of writing in it, but there was like a little card from whoever it was like to the person they gave it to and it was so sweet. It made me, like I started reading it in the thrift store and then I was like, I can't read this cause it was making me cry cause it was so sweet. Um, so I'm buying books like that all the time. I just can't blanket recommend because um, it's funny whenever you get into this niche world, I guess. So now I'm in like a Facebook group for people who have lost babies. And I think eventually I'll end up leaving it because it's just, um, it's good for like if I have questions, but most of these people like talk about like their babies being angels and stuff and just like some weird theology. (laughs) So, um, so that's why I say I can't just like blanket recommend everything. Um, because it's just, you just have to be careful because you just never know what you're going to find. And I can say that this John MacArthur book was, um, just really solid. I, he actually says that the reason that he wrote this was because he witnessed someone lose their child and he told them like your child's in heaven. And then he was like, but is there a child in heaven? And that, that I needed that. I read this one 
very quickly after everything happened. Um, and I needed it. I needed that reassurance from scripture, not from anyone else, but from the word of God that my child is in heaven. Um, okay. So Psalms for trials, I had a book review. So this will come out. Okay. I just posted the book review actually. Um, so last week, I did a book review of Psalms for Trials, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but it was very good. And actually, Renee, who was on the podcast um, right before the hiatus, she she recommended it, but also she sent me that in the mail. So thank you, Renee. I really appreciate that. Um, And that's one that I'm definitely planning to go back to. I love praying the Psalms, and I listen to The Corner Room. I listened to it already, but then as soon as we got in the car after we found out, that was one of the first things I did was I turned on the corner room. I told Paul, I just, I need some music. Um, Music is like a comfort to me. And especially if I can sing scripture, it's really comforting to me. And um, so reading through Psalms for Trials was just adding on to that. Um, And I definitely plan to use it as more of a, it's a good one, read it straight through and then keep it handy as a reference guide because I have already gone back and looked at the topics and been like, oh, I need to, I, I need a psalm that talks about such and such. Um, so yeah, uh, very, very, very good. Uh, let's see. Grieving by James White. It's a little tiny book. Like you can read it in a day easily. Actually, I, Paul read it in a day. I told him that. I was like, you got to read this one because it's really quick. I had read it before. So this was my second time reading it. And it's just a basic one talking about grief. And I really like it because he's coming from the pastor's perspective, discussing how people grieve. And um, it's very, very basic, but very good. And it's funny because mentioning Psalms for trials and grieving um, and safe in the arms of God, all these um my favorite psalm is Psalm 30, and the corner room has a song to that. I listen to it all the time. Um, actually, we were prepping to do it for church, but then with all the sickness, um, it kind of got pushed back. But that psalm was mentioned. It's I was reading Grieving by James White probably the day all this happened, maybe the next day, and... Um, and lo and behold, he references that. And I was like, oh, hey. And I um, I know that like God speaks through scripture and he gives comfort and reassurance through scripture. And Psalm 30 is what I needed in that moment. And um, I, it was came up in Psalm for Trials, which you'd expect because it's a book about Psalms. And I think it was in Safe in the Arms of God too. And I told Paul, I was like, it's so exciting because whenever I see, it's almost like a confirmation of what, I don't know, of the comfort. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, Okay, so the last one that I'm going to suggest, these are all a lot of basic suffering books, but um, Surprised by Suffering is very good um, by R.C. Sproul. I read that actually a while ago and um, have just been thinking about it a lot. I haven't reread it since then, um, but it's just one of those basic ones that, um, I don't know, we can say all we want about suffering and what we think it's going to be like when we do suffer through something, but then when it actually happens, it's still going to catch you by surprise, like that title says. And so, um, but God can work through that. He, he takes things and works them together, um, for good. And I, I just, 
I'm so grateful. I'm going to be right back. I got to, I got to down some water because my throat is like, wool. Um, so I'm going to be right back. Okay. I'm backing up. Oh my goodness. And as soon as I'm back, my voice is messing up again. Um, so I kind of wanted to finish out this, uh, kind of two part podcast thing. Um, just with just a little bit of where I found comfort. Um, because I don't know, I think it's, we can sit around and say, you know, all the right things all the time. Like, oh, God's with you. He gives you peace and all of that. And I, that is not wrong in my opinion. Um, but when it's put to the test, it's all of a sudden you're like, do I actually believe this? Um, I don't know if that makes any sense at all. Um, and for me, it was looking and I, I'm, the more that I study and read and learn and just from scripture, but also from other sources, I've said to my close friends, I've been like, I'm, I'm pretty sure like growing up, I was not a fan of like, I was never the kid that wanted to be a mom. You see those, um, you see those little girls who post there, like they post on Instagram and they're like, this is all I ever wanted to be. Guys, I did not want to be a mom. Um, I don't know what I wanted to be. Well, I do. Once I hit college, I knew exactly what I wanted to be. I have a degree, um, and it is crazy to think that now that is what I want to be as a mom. And I don't think that that's against scripture. <laughs> you know, that sounds silly to say, but like that was one of my things. I would think like, well, scripture tells us, you know, that we're supposed to be having kids and raising them up, um, training them up to know the Lord and my goodness, our world could use some kids who know the Lord. And so, of course, like, of course, this is God's will for me that I'm going to have kids. And when I lost Micah, it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, but wait a second. This is what this is. This is your will. Like the what? (laughs) Like you wanted to be me to be a mom and to raise kids to know you. And I am fully prepared. I've read all the books. I've listen to the podcast. I read scripture every morning just so that I can raise children to know you, Lord, and you took that child away from me. That was honestly the thought that kept popping up. And it's hard because there's all this conflict going on in your mind because you know death. Death is not what was supposed to happen originally. Death came through sin. Um, and I say not supposed to happen originally. I mean, I don't think any of this is a surprise to God, but, um, this is not how God created the world. Um, and one day praise the Lord, praise him because we won't have to worry about this. And, but for now we do. And so I, I went through like all the classic mental dialogues of, okay, is, did God take my baby away? Um, was this like better for me? And yes, I, I absolutely believe, like I said, um, earlier in the podcast that 
I mean, my child will never have to face the temptation of sin and that, I mean, please don't go up to someone who's lost their baby and say like, it's okay because your child never has, no, please don't do that. But that was like, for me personally, like going through the process in my head, that was one of the things that like really comforted me from um, the early days of everything happening when I just realized that my child really is safe in the arms of God. And um, I don't know, you go through all of these terrible thoughts and then it makes you think like, what is my theology? And um, I think there's, I think there's a quote that I've probably read, but I'm not sure what it is. And so if I'm quoting something else, um, but when you're going through things like this, any sort of trial, that is when your theology is refined. Because all of a sudden, you've been saying that you believe in God. You've been saying that you trust him. And let's be honest, you can't see God. You can't see him directing your paths if you're trusting him. You can't see him working. And honestly, let's be honest, that seems a little bit crazy. And then all of a sudden you come up to a trial that just honestly stinks. Like, I mean, I don't think that there's any part of me that should be rejoicing at all that I've lost my child. And there, I've said it multiple times, there's joy in the sorrow. Um, God has given us so many reasons to be grateful. Um, He has just, there are things that I prayed as soon as I found out. Um, and there are things where if you listen to the first podcast, there are things that are clearly the providence of God, um, that I don't see how you could see it any other way. Um, and just him working, even as I'm going through this terrible situation, he is still working and he is still good. Even whenever I'm not sure and I, I posted this on Instagram. He's trustworthy even when I'm struggling to trust him. Um, but you have all these thoughts that are suddenly you have to actually come up with the questions or the answers for. So is God really in control? Then why did my baby die? And I had to go back and study that and see, um, is God still good? Because I am... I, this is I, I this is just honestly like one of the thoughts like that goes through your head well it might not go through your head but it went through my head when I was in the middle of this is is God even good because we prayed for this child we waited for this child and this child was taken away and I think I think at that point I had to to really make sure that I understood um the, I, it's funny, literally God has been preparing me. Um, so last year I did, I think a couple episodes on the topic of death and that has been something that I've held on to just the fact that, um, I know what death really is. And I know, I know I like have a proper theology. I don't know. Is that the right way to put that? A proper theology of death? I don't, I know theology is the study of God, the study of God, of death. Anyway, you guys know what I mean. I have like a solid basis for understanding death in terms of scripture and in terms of who God is. And that was a big help um, for me. 
but you're gonna you're going to be refined and that's another thing not to say to a woman who's going through this please don't say like you're gonna come out stronger on the other end um let her figure that out herself um because it doesn't feel like you're getting any stronger it actually feels like you're getting weaker and in fact you aren't getting stronger you're just actually learning to rely on god like all of a sudden you realize that you can't control it at all and it's funny because i waited what probably like four days between finding out that we were um that micah had no heartbeat and then losing like starting the process of physically losing micah and um i mean in that waiting, there's so much that runs through your mind of, like, nothing, nothing is, seems wrong during that time. Like, nothing. Like, you seem perfectly fine. You have no cause for concern. And yet, you know there's cause for concern. So, in some part of my head was, like, can I do something? And you know you can't. Like, I mean, you know you can't. You know there's no... There's no chance that this is going to get better um, physically. I don't know. It just, I am so grateful for God. He is faithful when I am not. Um, And I don't think he's surprised whenever we ask these questions. And I think that's whenever it says um, that he's given all you need for life and godliness. I might be saying that wrong. Uh, Forgive me if I am, but... Like, he's going to give you the grace that you need to get through the day. He's going to carry you. And he's going to stick by you. Even whenever you're sitting there asking, God, are you really good? I don't think he's surprised by those questions. And I think think the big thing is, is that when you're asking those questions, um, when you're asking them... When okay, when I asked them, I wanted a I wanted an answer. I wasn't sitting around thinking, "Is God really good?" No, He's not. I think I'm going to be gone. No, I wanted Him to show me His goodness, and He did, over and over again. Um, one of the things that um, just like even in the past few weeks, uh, we have been directly um, in the line of COVID. And I don't care what you think. It's kind of like the flu. You don't want to get it. You just don't. And actually, COVID is worse because I've had it and you have to be quarantined. And that adds to like the mental strain. We had it back in February, I want to say. And so we came in direct contact and never got it because we believe we still have the antibodies from February. Um because we should have gotten it. Everybody else who came in contact basically got it and we didn't. And I was telling someone, I was like, I'm just so grateful because I don't, I don't want to speak for God and I don't want to say that this is what he had in mind, but my goodness, I could not have dealt with a quarantine because mentally I was spent and I was just like clinging on to God as tightly as I could because I knew that was the only way that I wasn't going to go down a bad path. And I'm still doing that. I'm still in this little, um, this little just state of, um, just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, I, 
I'm okay, but I'm not okay. I don't know how to describe it. And, um, it's pretty normal. It's, I'm not like, it's, it's, it's normal to be like this, but, um, I can see the providence and the hand of God when I sit back and I think, what am I grateful for? What am I thankful for? I am thankful that I didn't get COVID and I was able to help cook for some people who did. Um, That has helped me so much. And just, (laughs) God is so good, (laughs) y'all. Even when you can't see it, even when things look so bad, he is still good. And um, I know I shared this earlier, but if you've never heard the gospel, I'm just going to say it. Um, why does death even exist? How, how come my child can die? My innocent baby. Well, when God created the world, it was perfect. It was complete and whole. And he put Adam and Eve in that garden and everything was perfect. There was no death, guys. There was no death. And yet, they decided to stray from that and sin. They did exactly what God told them not to do. The one thing he told them not to do, and they went and did it. And um, that's not to put the blame on Adam and Eve, because I can tell you that I sin. And um, unfortunately, I just, I can call out moments when I've sinned in the past week. Um, And so that sin separates us and we're we're broken in our sin and and not we we broke ourselves let me clarify that um but we're broken in our sin and it's so easy to turn to other things to try and fix it so you might try to turn to your self-help book um you might try to turn to alcohol drugs like I'm not even joking you know anxiety medicine you you might need to take that but you might also turn to it as a way to try and fix this brokenness um and none of that is going to get you anywhere going to a grief group will not get you where the gospel will get you (laughs) there are things that can help but they will not restore a right relationship with God, which is what you need. <laughs> um, the only way to do that is um, to repent of your sin and believe in the gospel. And what's the gospel? Um, that Jesus came to the earth as God, 100, 100% God, but also as 100% man. And he lived an absolutely perfect life. And he suffered and was crucified on the cross for your sins. And then he was resurrected. (laughs) And he sits on the throne, guys. He, we're not waiting for God to be in charge. That's a big part of this. We're not waiting for that day. God is in charge. But because of that, if you've lost a child, hear me out, your child is in heaven. 
with God. And how beautiful that is. <laughs> that the thing that we, that I at least desire more than anything, especially now, is to be in the presence of God. <laughs> and because of what Christ did, your child is saved from the wrath against sin. Sin that we commit every day. And we can repent of that sin. We can believe in the gospel, believe that Christ came, that he was crucified and raised from the dead. And through that, guys, you have the best hope in the world. And that's where grieving with hope comes from. That's where grieving um, with joy can come from. It's, It's deep. That doesn't mean that every day you're like pasting on a smile. I think I said that earlier. But the hope and joy that comes through um, knowing that your eternity will be with God um, and without the suffering that has come to the world through sin. And he gives us opportunities to um, live out um, what we've learned and Continue to grow in him until one day when you die, or I guess, you know, I guess that's not as stupid, but um, when you die or Christ comes back, um, you'll be with him for eternity. And um, one of the biggest things that I think about, I, if I can't thank God for anything else, if I'm having the worst day in the world, I can thank God for nature. Um, I can look out my window and see just the sky, and I'm thankful even when it's raining. Well, actually, especially when it's raining, I'm thankful for the rain when I'm inside. I love rain. Um, and I just think about the fact that one day it our light will come from the glory of God. Like, that's just amazing to me. And um, I don't know, just being surrounded by the presence of God fully, like, I don't know, It's I can't even comprehend what this wall be like and what the new earth will be like and um I'm just so grateful so I'm gonna close this out um thank you for listening if you got this far I've had a couple people write me about the first episode and um thank you for listening um I know that that first episode in particular was very rough and um I appreciate this platform that I, for me, it was just like I, I've said, it was kind of therapeutic talking. And um, if you've listened this far, thank you. Um, because I just really have appreciated being able to post this. And um, I don't know, I have so much to be grateful for. And um, if you can continue to pray, um, this is not something that just gets better so quickly. (laughs) That's what I told, I told Paul that it's weird because when you lose someone who's close to you, um, that like I, I lost my granddaddy and you have the funeral service, you have the burial, you, you have all these things that are kind of closure for you. And there's this point that happens, not like not like you're over it, but I'm saying like there was a point where it became much easier for me to smile and 
laugh thinking about my granddaddy because he was a jokester. So that's, he always made us smile and laugh. And still like yesterday, someone at work said, um, do you need anything before I go? And I said a million dollars. And I was like, that's a granddaddy joke. So, um, there comes a point and it feels like that, that process with this is totally different. Um, Physically, I'm still not 100%. Um, There are little bitty things that physically I'm not there. And um, emotionally, it's not like I told him, I said, it feels like there's like no closure. I don't know if that makes sense. There's like no closure with this type of thing. Um, Whenever you, um, it's not like we had like a a service or anything. And, And especially because there's like a levels of, how people knew the baby. So I knew the baby the most. Um, I got sick from the baby. (laughs) I couldn't sleep from the baby. I was moody from the baby. So literally Micah impacted me so much. And then there's Paul who knew from the moment I found out and, um, took care of me as I was very sick. Bless his heart. I could not cook with meat very well. And so we dealt with a lot of, um, weird food for a while there. Um, and he put up with that. And so he had this level of knowing the baby and hearing every single one of my tales of woe. Um, and so the further you go, go out, it feels like no one really knew the baby except for us. Like there's this degree of no one really understood except for us. And so that adds on to, the timing of the grief, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's really hard. So if you guys want to continue praying for us, um, God is good. He will continue to comfort us. He's the God of all comfort. Um, actually the weekend before we found out, so we found out on a Monday, the Saturday before my sister graduated and there was a kid who mentioned like, the passage where it says he's the God of all comfort. And that has stuck in my head ever since. Um, just remembering that passage and knowing that he, um, will take care of me, um, in this time. And yeah, we'll, we'll be okay. Um, he is, he is good. I can't say that enough. Um, so anyway, now I'm just like, blabbering on but if you seriously if you're going through this or you need any help um I've had multiple messages since um just asking what people can do for their friends I've shared a lot but if you have any questions comments concerns um please please write to me it will not I obviously have been very open with all of this and um I didn't expect to be I'm not even joking um we were at the point where we were like I was showing so a couple people told me that they knew just by looking at me. Um, so, but I still didn't expect to go that public with it. And, um, God is kind in his plans that I did. And, um, it's been very good for me to talk this out. So please, please let me know if you have any questions, comments, concerns, any of that. Um, but if you want to reach out to us, you can contact contact us on Facebook or Instagram at a lot of thoughts podcast. Um, you can also 
reach out to me personally. Anna doesn't really check the messages, I don't think. I send them to her whenever she needs to see them. Um, but if you, like, just, if you want to reach out to just me, you know, if that makes sense, um, you can, uh, reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. I've shared a couple things. I don't know if you can find me very easily. If you look under who we're following, you'll find me. Um, it's Court, C-O-U-R-T, and then the last name, D as in David, Z as in Zebra, I-A, D as in David, U-L. I married into that. It is pronounced Jettle, like pedal with a J. So you can um, find me on Instagram and write me personally if you'd like. Um, and then uh, you can email us at a lot of thoughts podcast at gmail.com and I have said it before if you have anything that you're wanting us to discuss um, to talk about please let us know we would love to have your suggestions and um, really quick uh, if you have not checked out um, Renee Emerson that we had on the podcast before the hiatus she um, her husband has a podcast called bomb cat but wait no it's bombcast. <laughs> It's Balm and Gilead, and um, we, my husband and I listened to the episode with Renee on it. I've listened to the podcast by myself, but we listened to that episode. It was really, really good, but Balm and Gilead, and he also has some hymns that he's been redoing, um, so definitely go and check those out. Um, just, I love hymns, guys, so, and I, yeah, I've been listening to so many hymns since all this started. Um, because I just needed like the comfort of some good hymns. So um, I recommend you listen to hymns. Anyway, I have talked long enough and um, I hope that you guys have a good rest of your day, good evening, whatever it is there. Um, And until next time, bye.